people, welcome to the Brutal Shocker Shotcast episode 171. I'm your host, Tony Polanco. Tonight, I'm joined by Ryan Meitzler. Hello. <laughs> I don't know, hmm, I was thinking... I was very anticlimactic. <laughs> I was about to think of something really funny, but I was like, I got nothing, so... <laughs> <laughs> we got George. George, save it for us, man. Happy birthday, Game Boy. Yeah, happy birthday to the Game Boy. All right, new releases for this week. Ryan, hit us. Oh, wait, I, I thought Ryan was doing that. So <laughs> no, I, I want you to do it. Okay, fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, so, for the new releases coming out, that also happens to coincide with the Game Boy's 25th birthday, uh, we have, I don't even know how to pronounce this one, so it says Squirks 4? S-Q-R-X-Z 4? <laughs> what? Squirks 4? I, I don't know. It might be square. I don't know. The squirks for cold cash for uh, AMI Mac DC PC Lin and oh okay so DC PC Linux and I I'm giving up on this one. I don't even know. So just give up. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, we have Octodad Deadliest Catch for PS4. Demon Gaze for oh. Vita and. PlayStation Network, uh, Fract OSC for PC, Starlight Inception. Why do you guys give me the games with all the friggin' really hard titles? So anyway, uh, <laughs> Starlight Starlight Inception for PlayStation Network for Vita, uh, Cell Damage HD for PS4, PS3, and PlayStation Vita, Defense Technica for PS3, Soul Calibur Lost Swords for PS3, The Walking Dead Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2 for PlayStation Vita, Putty Squad for PlayStation Vita, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Advance 3 for the Wii U eShop, Dark Souls 2 on PC, the NES Remix 2 for Wii U, and Max, The Curse of Brotherhood for PC. And nothing for the Brown system, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and nothing to, call back to last week. Um, I don't know. What, what, are you, what are you guys picking from this? I would probably go with either Octodad or Cell Damage, because uh, I didn't get a chance to play Octodad yet, but I've wanted to, and Cell Damage I used to enjoy a lot when it first came out, so that's probably my pick for the week. Dark Souls 2 on the PC. What's Soul Calibur? The real version. Yeah, what's, what's Soul Calibur? Yeah. Uh, oh, Lost Swords. The real it's version. A, it's a, uh, it, it's, uh, Lost Swords is a free-to-play game for PS3. So it's like the PS3's uh, Killer Instinct, pretty much. Actually, it's not a two-player fighting game. It's like a single-player fighting game. Oh yeah, there's that too. Yeah, it's it's single-player. You have your custom guy, and you know you get him swords and fire. Yeah, there's no online multiplayer. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Dark Souls 2 on the PC was so special about it, other than it having nicer graphics. Anything else? Nicer graphics. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and, uh, that's all you got. All of my Dark Soul, all of my Souls experiences, have always been on the PC. Even though last Dark Souls had that issue where it was like. Oh, wait, what do you mean PC players play something in a higher resolution more than, like, 720 over 600? So you had to, like, mod it to make the game look good, but uh, they assured us this time around the PC version is like, oh, no, 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 we're working on it for realsies. We didn't shop it out to, like, a studio has no idea what they're doing. We got this. It should look good. But There's uh, there's also the added feature that when you die, your computer explodes. So, you know, it's a bonus, uh, bonus <laughs> difficulty. So if you die once, exactly. well... Well, did you guys hear that thing Kojima was talking about one time? Like, he wanted to make a game where if you die, the game becomes useless? Yeah, I remember that. Not not surprising, but okay. It wasn't going to be a Metal Gear, but he was like, oh, yeah, it'd be an interesting idea. And I was like, I don't think people would pay $30 for a game, and if they die, it's fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. Uh, my pick, uh, I guess because I reviewed it, is Octodad, even though I have some issues with that fucking game. Um, so yeah, I want, let's talk about Octodad real quick. Have either of you played it before? Yeah, yeah. No, I have not. <laughs> All right. Um, my, my take on it is I absolutely love the idea because it's like, how do you come up with that? It's like, okay, here's a cephalopod that thinks it's a human and everybody else thinks he's human too. It's like, that's that's genius level stuff. I, I said this in my reel. I'm like, I want whatever the developers were ingesting when they came up with the idea because that's just amazing. Um, execution, a lot to be desired. It's like because you got to control each of the limbs with the buttons and stuff, and sometimes I forget what would do what. It's just yeah, I mean, really that's weird and stuff. And then adding the physics. Whoa, say that again? You cut out there. I'm sorry. That's kind of the beauty of the game. It's basically you're playing a 3D version of Quop. Okay, tell us, tell us about Quap because that's a game I've heard of, but I've never it's played. That it. game where you're the no. you know you're the runner, and in order for him yeah. to run, you have to yeah. uh, Q U O P, and that controls the individual limbs. So you have to kind of hit them in unison, so you've got to get the legs moving in the right direction. And if you right, fuck yeah. up, your guy keeps falling over. So Octodad is pretty much the same way because you control all his limbs. So it's like the arms are over here, but then you have to remember how to walk, and it's like, all right, left foot, then right foot, left foot, then right foot. Oh, but wait, I'm holding on to Oh, he's all over this way. Blah. The yeah. wedding cake is ruined. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's kind of like a goat, a goat simulator kind of thing, where it's like one of those games, like, I'd, I'd like to just try, just because it looks so dumb and silly and fun that, like, I'd like to play it, like, even though it's not, even though I know it's kind of short and it's not really something that's, like, you know, like, crazy complex or something, but it still looks fun. But, no, but I love the premise behind it because it's just like, you know, he's just yeah. trying to pass through daily life and he's just doing it so hard. <laughs> like, you know, just putting on his tie or like, what what, what can you do there? You, I know you can go food shopping there or, or you can yeah. like... Yeah, you go food shopping. Yeah, it's like, it's not... I, that's what I loved about it because you're just doing mundane shit but since you're a crazy octopus, it's really hard to do it, you know? Fixing breakfast is, I think, my favorite. <laughs> I was cooking burgers. I burned them and stuff. Mowing the lawn. Um, the game was kind of glitchy. Too. I remember at one point we're having a weird like light issue tonight. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, and there's one. And there's one level where you have to like wait in line for movie tickets, right? So it's a kind of spirals like that, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's 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 a little delay. Yeah. We're talking, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why there's the delay tonight, but yeah, um, yeah, you had to get tickets. And I just cut in front of everyone. They were like, hey, what are you doing? That guy's cutting in line, man. I'm just being a human like you guys. Humans are jerks, right? <laughs> Octopus walking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the execution was, you know, it left a lot to be desired. But you're right, that's part of the charm, too. It's just, it's kind of hard to control your, you know, your body for a freaking squid. And I'm kind of grateful you only have to control four limbs instead of eight. That would have been a nightmare. I don't know how you would have done that. That's the uh, new game plus mode. That's you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I reviewed that. Um, and George, you reviewed the baseball game. Uh, have, are you a baseball fan by any chance? The baseball game? You mean the baseball game? <laughs> oh, the I don't know. They're all the same to me. What is it? MLB the show, well, right? Well, there's only one this year, so. <laughs> so okay. if you're a baseball the fan, baseball game, you reviewed. Yeah, so so if you're a baseball fan and just looking for a baseball game, there is literally only one choice, and it's on a PlayStation system. Because uh, oh, never reviewed, they never renewed their uh, MLB license, so they kind of bowed out of baseball for this year, so you're really just stuck with uh, MLB 14, the show, which has always been a really good game. Um, I, it kind of always reminds me how uh, 
how uh, say like the NHL games have been, where it's just like every year they're just superbly done, and they always add a little bit more to kind of justify the purchase. And this year was kind of it was no different. Um, and the best part, you know, outside of it just being like if just a well-playing baseball game and just a great-looking one, you know, I was playing the PS3 version, and it looks really good. And so that I'm kind of curious to see what it's going to look like on PS4 because I saw like the, I saw the comparison photos where it's like, look at his beard, but look at his beard on PS4. And I'm like, whoa! That's yeah. <laughs> but uh, my favorite part about that game has always been, <clears throat> excuse me, has always been the road to the show, which is their. Um, it's kind of like their baseball RPG mode, where you make a character from scratch. You kind of give him a you know his age, where he's from, your position, and they kind of give you a couple stat points to play with. So it's like. I'm going to make him a slugger. I'm going to make him a really fast infielder guy. So I was able to start the career of Cobra Jimenez. And the way they do it is they kind of... <laughs> I love that name. And then you can pick the audio cues for it. So they say, Cobra Jimenez, coming up to bat. I'm like, fuck yeah, go get him, Cobra. And um, so they do something... <laughs> they do a lot of things around this uh, this year. Because um, the the previous versions had like advancement goals, meaning you were in the double A's and you wanted to get to the triple A. They say these are four or five goals you need to hit in a set amount of games in order for you to get there. The only problem is they were randomized, meaning they say, hey, you need to hit like five home runs, hit, you know, get 30 RBIs and blah blah blah. But the problem was is my guy would be a leadoff hitter, meaning I don't get those kind of scoring opportunities, so I can never hit these goals. So you kind of were always stuck. This time around, they do kind of a performance evaluating where it's like, if you just do really well, they're just going to take that into account and just be like, all right, you're ready for AAA, or hey, man, you're ready for the majors. But no, it's really good. And I, I love the way they did their draft system this time around where it's basically you, you'll play in a three-game series, and depending on how well you do, that determines your draft spot. So I did, I did okay, and I was like a late third-round draft pick to the to the Red Sox and that was really interesting because I did a whole season and I got to the midway point and uh, the short and the starting shortstop for the uh, Xander Bogarts hurt himself so there was like a shortstop spot opened up so I actually got called up for a few games to play in the majors and then get sent back to the minors and then came back during the playoffs but uh, like I said it's really cool and then in that mode you only control your character so I'm only involved in shortstop related play so any ground ball situations any double play kind of scenarios those are the balls you're always going to play. So whenever you see yourself on screen, that means that ball's going to get hit to you. You don't know where. This might be a diving play. You might go by you. But they do a good job of if you make a mistake, you probably lost the game because you made those mistakes. So they always try to center everything around you. So if you're doing really well, your team's probably going to win. So really good. And they added some other modes that just, you um, they you saw the focus was like, increasing the pace of it so they have something called quick count where they like they do this weird thing where they take two years of pitching and batting data so it's like Tony let's say you're pitching and I'm hitting they'll take two years of your pitching history maybe versus me or just versus lefties in general and then they'll compile a pitch count right before I bat up so I may bat up and be like hey by the way it's one ball two strikes because based on history this is important so it speeds up the thing where it's like, hey, this is a payoff pitch. You can strike, you can come up to bat, you can strike out, or get something that you can knock out of the ballpark. So that's really. So I thought that was really neat. But um, like I said, it's it's a solid game. It's it's tough to review something that really doesn't change over time because it's one of those. The gameplay's so solid that you don't have to do much to it to improve on it. So I saw more of. <clears throat> so I saw more of. Uh, I took I, I took the angle of, is it still fun? Yeah. And, yeah, and after playing, I'm like, damn, this is this is really good fun. 
And I love the fact that they had they added these modes where you can kind of speed things up because the game takes like 45 minutes to go through. But if you do kind of these quick count things, <laughs> it's a it's a real blessing in the sky. Especially if like I always kind of hated the pitching side of things, so I always wanted to like kind of get through it. So it's like you're in an at bats already. It's like hey, it's two balls and two strikes. I'm like oh okay, I only really threw one pitch at this at bat, and that really shaves down the game to be like 15 minutes each. So if you're doing like a season mode, oh you blow right through that. Oh, that's of, awesome. Yeah, instead of just saying, ah, just simulate everything and I'll just kind of play every third game. So. Yeah, um, here's my random question because I am not a fan of baseball or baseball games. Would somebody like me like this thing? Like, or do you need um, to be a baseball fan to actually I enjoy it? like most sports games, and particularly baseball since there are a lot of rules, like if you just picked up MLB The Show and started playing, you're going to be like, wait, I don't, wait, how, what's a strike, wait, what's a ground rule double? I, I don't, I'm not following this. Yeah, like half the shit you said right now went poof, right over my head. I'm like, I don't know it's, what you're talking about. It's not about. as straightforward as like a tennis game because like you can kind of get the fundamentals of tennis. So it's like you have a racket, I have a racket, there's a ball, I have to get it past you. Yeah. Or even, you know, football is almost just as complicated. So it's like if you're not a fan, you're going to sit there and be like, oh, this is a nice looking game. I have no yeah. idea what's going on. Yeah, I was gonna say it was one of those things, kind of like, um, kind of like Fight Night on 360 when that came out, or Fight Night Round Three, like when that came out, yeah. like shortly after the 360 launch, like that was a good game because, like, you know, aside like boxing is not as complex as most other sports because pretty much just you know beating the crap out of the other guy. Um, but it was also good because it came, because <laughs> it came out and it really showed off like what the system could do because everyone was like, oh man, this looks amazing. And I think MLB the show is kind of in a similar position where you know it's coming out a couple months after both you know both consoles launched. And it looks amazing, so it's a good chance for people to kind of see like what you know, new consoles can, can yeah. do. MLB The Show is always the best-looking game on the PS3 every year. <laughs> yeah. Just, yep. you do, and it just blows you away. So I'm really curious because the PS4 version isn't even out yet. It comes out um two weeks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, so you play the PS3. That's the only version, the PS3 yeah, version. Only, and then there's, there's Vita version that I heard also looks really good. But gameplay-wise, oh, okay. yeah, gameplay-wise, nothing changes. It's just like, hey, the PS4 version just has like... 300 more an a animations. So, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. he made that turn around second base differently this time around. Or, oh, look, he slipped. Like, that's that stuff is really neat. And, like, if you're, like, a diehard baseball fan, you'll appreciate the different ways a bat can shatter when you get jammed up by a pitcher. And it's like, that's really cool. Right. Awesome. But, but yeah, also, but, like, you know, online is still garbage. Like, they just, they've never been able to work that network out where, but in a game that's, like, so timing-focused, like, I can't have the game drop a dozen frame rates or stutter when you're throwing a pitch at me. Well, like, that's not I good. No, man, that. Yeah. Like, I am sorry, but no, that's not how baseball's supposed to be played. Might as well just might as well just close my eyes when you throw the ball and swing. But playing with another person, you know, it's it's great baseball. And you know, just in time for baseball season. So yeah, if you're a fan or even just like kind of like a passing baseball fan where it's like, eh, I'll watch a game on TV or something, you'll love the road to the show because it's like a super condensed version of baseball, <coughs> and it's just focused on you. Meaning, if you make a catcher, you get to call all the pitches. You get to all, you get to do all the plays at the plate. If you're a pitcher or like a relief pitcher, you only come in for a couple innings to like save the game or close it out. If you're a third baseman, you just deal with shit that involves third base. So bunts, ground balls, making that long throw to first base. So there's nothing more hilarious than realizing you didn't put enough points into arm accuracy and just throwing everything over the first baseman's head, and people just boo you, and then the announcers keep on reminding you that they lost this game because of your error. Like, I do love the commentary tracks this time around. They're super, they're just, they sound super bored, but I love that they reference anything that happens in the game, especially when you do making your new character, they'll start referencing stuff you did the week prior. It's like, hey, did you know that he got seven hits last week, or he's, he's batting 400 in these three games. Like, 
those little touches are, pr are pretty amazing, and just that's always been the advantage of the uh, MLB games over, say, like the uh, 2K baseball games. It's just they took full advantage of the disc space on those Blu-rays, meaning they filled that up with so much crap. You, <laughs> there's a lot of com. There's yeah. a lot of audio. There's just a lot of things just banked in there. Like they have over like like 500 names just banked there. So if you wanted to make a Ryan Meitzler, you know what? There's probably been a baseball player who's been called Meitzler. <laughs> Somewhere. There's probably been a baseball player that's been that's either had the word Tony or Polanco as his name. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty damn sure about that. Yeah. And you can just and you mush them together, and it sounds really seamless. And I was like, that's always been the really fun part. And then you always give yourself stupid nicknames, like I'm Cobra Jimenez. So it's so hilarious when you hear someone's like, and batting up is Cobra Jimenez. Did you know that? Cobra, Cobra. <laughs> that's awesome, man. But, um, yeah. So yeah, I was gonna ask you about the announcers. There, it's 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 good. It's it's good baseball. I always look forward to this release every year because I don't play many sports games, and you know, Road to the Show as a game, I kind of always like to go back to. You know, it's like, oh, I can do a couple of games as you know, as my shortstop, and see how far I can get them when I'm not like in a like I'm gonna shoot some dudes mode. Like, mm -hmm. this is a good alternative for that. Yeah, when you don't want to shoot dudes inside a mech, mm -hmm. you play baseball. <laughs> exactly. Gotta yeah. work there you go, and uh, we have Ryan. You reviewed the Wolf Among Us episode three, 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 three. Yes, I did. Uh, a little bit delayed, but just with packs going on, everything. <laughs> packs, I didn't baby. get a chance to. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to get to it earlier. But yes, I played through the the most recent episode. Uh, it's kind of tough to talk about it without spoiling the story at this point, since you know now this is yeah. officially officially halfway through the season. Um, but I guess overall, what I kind of touched upon in my review was like you know I really enjoyed it just because I felt like it really got the plot moving. Um, and uh, have you guys played the new episode at all? Or? Yeah, I'm waiting for the whole thing to finish. Then I'm going to just sit I finished on episode two, but you can kind of see that it was kind of a slow, you know, it's a good build, but it's a slow build to something. Yeah, episode two in particular. Yeah, episode two in particular was a little slow. Um, you know, but I, you know, that's that, that's a bad thing. But I think just in terms of like, you know, I, I enjoyed episode three a lot just because it kind of picked up the pace a little bit and it really gave a lot of some some really tough choices. Um, and so I think, you know, given its position as kind of the middle of the season now where it's at, you know, uh, I, I think it does a nice job of kind of setting things up for the rest of the season and where it's going to be going and, and all that. So, yeah. It hasn't, I think, it hasn't quite climaxed yet. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it does, like, kind of set up where, you know, where the, again, it's, it's tough to say without spoiling, yeah. but, um, you know, it does set up nicely, I think, what's, what's going to be happening for the rest of the season. And I'm really excited for it, and, you know, because... I've been enjoying it as much, or maybe even a little bit more so than than Walking Dead season two at this point. So, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah. Otherwise, I, I enjoyed it. That was really good. Awesome. All right. Um, I want to talk about some stuff. This is something that that happened immediately after PAX, and I've still been talking to my friends about it because it's a weird thing. So after PAX, I was getting a couple of tweets. Um, going, hey man, it was nice meeting you. It was great meeting another uh Latino writer. And I, and I kind of threw me off a little bit because I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm Dominican, I'm Latino, but I don't stylize myself in that way. I, I'm just a writer. I write for everybody. And it's got me thinking, like, like, you know, like you have a guy like Adam Sessler. I see him, oh, that's cool. You know, we, you know he's a good writer. Brian Crescente, I, I go, no, oh, he's kind of like me. So I want to know, um, you know, what do you guys think about that? Like, like for me, I noticed that a lot of my peers, a lot of my fans are – you know, minority. Do you think we just gravitate towards each other because of our, our race or something like that? I don't know. What do you guys think about this? It's just very interesting to me. 
Um, I, I think it just goes as far as just people like being able to identify with other people. So it's kind of like seeing, you know, it's 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 kind of interesting seeing someone doing something that you enjoy, who happens to be of you know your same like you know skin color or just like oh look at that it's another dude with a mohawk who likes to write about video games. That's awesome. Like it just gives you that kind of common ground and it kind of gives you the idea like oh look I'm not alone in like my interest of this particular thing. Like you know maybe you know yeah. maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not so weird or it's like oh look like. Oh look, other Dominicans like this. Because yeah, I'm I'm Dominican too, and I get that sometimes too. It's like, oh, it's cool to see like a Spanish guy in the tech, you know, talking about video games in tech. I'm like, great. I, I mean, maybe I'm just kind of that ignorant too. It's just like, or maybe we just kind of we just kind of grew up in an area that's so diverse where we're just kind of used to these things. But I think that's what it is. Yeah. You know, maybe it's maybe it's not like that to the you know young Hispanic person who's in like Wisconsin who's just like, hey, there are not many of me around, so it's cool to see. Other, you know, Hispanic people who write about video games, and oh, it's good to see that they're actual people, and like we can have a dialogue. So I think it's more about that. And you know, we always talk about like diversity in video games, just like why well, you don't see that many black people or female lead characters in there, because because you know the majority of the audience is just you know young white guys. So that's what it, they can. That's how they identify. But I think as yeah, we what with. I think when you start yeah, seeing more of the game creators getting a little bit more diverse, you're going to start seeing a little bit more diverse characters because people write what they know. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Um, I think because of where I grew, you know, grew up, my view, my view is skewed a little bit. Because I'm like, okay, most of the friends I have are geeks. They're mostly minority, but there's not many minority geeks and you know, professional geeks. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's a little bit of a weird disconnect going on. There's not many of us, you know, quote unquote, us, you know, making games. Even though most of the people I know that enjoy video games or geek things in general are minority, but I think it's just a case of me living in New York, not in the rest of the country where the majority is white. Um, and none of this is a bad thing. It, you know, sometimes some people thought I was like complaining. No, I'm not. It's just it's just strange to me because in my mind, I write for everybody. You know, I don't write for a particular crowd. But at the one hand, it's a little bit flattering too. It's like if you kind of look up to me because I'm a Latino writer, that's great. Maybe it'll get you to write too. That you know, that, so that that's fine. But I also talked to uh, my friend Manny um, Ryan, who you met. Um, he's a, he's an artist. He you know colors for DC Comics and stuff. Same thing with him. He's Emilio Lopez. His fan base is you know Hispanic or minority. Uh, the guy who he uh, colors for, Kari Randolph. He's black. Most of his fans are black, and they specifically come up to him at conventions and go, "Hey man, I didn't even know us black guys could draw, could get into this." You know, so it's just kind of weird. I think you're right. It's just a little bit like, "Hey, I'm like this, and that guy's doing something I want to do. That's pretty cool." So I don't I don't know how to how to you know go about it. I I'm just gonna go about my normal business, but I'm gonna be a little cognizant of the fact that I kind of represent something. It's very interesting. You're a role model, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to be like you, Tony. Yeah, yeah. There's no real answer. Yeah, like I was trying to find an answer. There's no real answer. It's just the way it is. Like humans are kind of just drawn to people that are like-minded. I even asked uh, my friend Carlos, who's also kind of a fan. Of, of mine. I was like, hey, dude, do you like me because, uh, you know, are you a fan of mine because I'm Hispanic like you? He's Mexican. And he, at first he was like, no, I just like you because you're a good writer. And then we kept talking, kept talking. And then he goes, you know what? I kind of like the fact that you're Dominican. That, that's cool to me. <laughs> you know? It's like, hey, look, I can do anything. Yeah, I think that's what it is, too. The same way we see, like, you know, a Latino movie star or, like, you know, a black singer or, like, a black hockey player. And you're like, oh, man, it's like, you know, there's no sign that says you can't do this because of my race. It's like, no, there's someone doing it. You know, if I if I work hard enough, I can get there. Like, I don't know, I, I, I'm always open to, like, I love seeing more diversity, especially, like, 
you know, in the last couple of years, you're just seeing a lot more people that like press events and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, you see people you didn't think were normally there. And you're like, hey, this is awesome. Like, I like seeing more female writers. I like seeing more black writers, more Hispanic writers. I think that's awesome. And, you know, when we all have different backgrounds on top of that, we're how we grew up and we bring our own personal experiences. And that comes out in how we write and just how we interact with each other. And I think just it makes just kind of the industry a better place. And, uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. We, totally. I think we see that a lot more in the... Uh, in the, the game press, in the games press side of things, it's slowly becoming a thing in the, the gaming industry now that like more schools are offering it. Because you know, the game design used to be kind of like you really had to have some. You know, these were expensive to do. But then you know, you, see, you have these tools like Unity and uh, Epic, where it's like, hey, look, I don't have to break the bank to try to make a game. I can I can give it a shot and see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's also just I think just like you said, Jorge, just kind of like the like game design becoming more of a like you know a scholarly field or a more recognized field specifically for game design rather than just like being computer science or whatever. Like you know now you have colleges and schools that are offering you know game design classes specifically for you know for that. So yeah, you don't have to be a super genius to make a video game, which is great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly, and that's the other thing. There's always a barrier of entrance for like. Uh, Minorities, and remember, let's just be honest. With some of us, it's kind of shunned to do this sort of stuff, you know, uh, computery things, you know. So that, that's something someone else has brought up with, you know, to me. It's like some people have like regretted the fact that they didn't do this shit earlier just because their family didn't want them to get into computer design or things like that. So there, there's a little bit of a cultural thing there too that kind of keeps us from, you know, breaching the wall, as it were. But you know, as we're moving into like the 21st century, or we're in the 21st century, you're gonna start. Sort of seeing more people taking more of those creative risks where a lot of that, you know, a lot of that is a risk. It's like, you know, you can go and it's like, I want to go into game design. You can go into game design and not make a penny. Or you can go into game design and make a really good living. It really depends. Sometimes, sometimes you know, the, the chips don't fall in your favor. So yeah. it is a risk when you go towards a creative field just because, you know, if you're not doing, like, legitimate commercial work, then you're just going to be a starving programmer guy or starving designer, like... You always run in that risk. Same thing goes with writing. If you you know you can write full time and be freelance, and it's just like, hey, it can be super rewarding, or it could stress you out because you haven't made any money this month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or everyone pays a net forty five, so it's like, hey, man, I just did so many great features and articles. I'm not seeing that money for almost a month and a half. Oh man, how am I gonna pay for rent? Like that's super stressful. And you know, I think when you when you put it that way, some people are like, you know what? I think I you know, I I'll manage a Foot Locker. That's fine. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I know that money's coming in every week. Yeah, it's like I don't. I mean, I want to do this, but it brings in the money. So yeah, that that could be it too. But I'm thinking about some of the other, you know, some people that are actually minorities in the gaming industry. Like you have um the guy who did Papo and Yo. Um, he's Hispanic. Um, the subject matter of that game is actually kind of relevant to a lot of us because you know you know drunk dads. I certainly had one. Um. And you have the the main guy who runs um, oh god I'm forgetting the name of the studio they do the order 1886 he's Indian um, so you know we're kind of getting in there too you know just buddy, slowly uh, but surely I think you're right now, buddy Sean Alexander from, uh, huh? buddy Sean Alexander from Beatdown Treachery in Beatdown City like I you know he he always talks about diversity in games and he he's always a prominent figure in saying like you know right you know people need to write what they know he's like I don't know anything about white women so I'm not gonna buy, write about white women in my not going to put white women in my game, or at least put, not put one in without asking a white woman. It's like, hey, are you guys anything like this at all? Like, did I, did I get it? <laughs> yeah. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah, exactly. Write about what you know, and they'll be more genuine. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, so 
it was announced that um, Watch Dogs will indeed have multiplayer. Um, let's just run down the multiplayer things real quick, and then I want to get to the heart of what I want to get to. Uh, George, what's in this thing? They, they only announced three modes so far today, right? Uh, yeah, one of the modes was a uh, you can kind of invade uh, other people's games, and you know you can invade a person's game, and someone can invade your game. Basically, how it works is you invade their game. You'll show up as a kind of random citizen, and the idea is you're trying to hack that character. You have to you know stay still and maybe hack some cameras. And I, I need to find Tony lurking around the park as his aiding character and then hack him. You'll get a notification saying, "Hey man, you're being hacked. Someone in this vicinity." is hacking you. So you need to figure out by, you know, using your phone and scanning by who's hacking you. So you'd be like, oh, this person, not a suspect, not a suspect. But it's like, hey, there's like a million people, or how do I get these people out of here? So the idea is to look for the person who's not behaving like an AI. So what the guy did was he took his gun up, fired a couple rounds in the air, and everyone started scattering. So he's like, all right, who's not running away? That's probably a player character. <laughs> yeah. The character needs to be still in order to hack you. So the, what the guy did was he took a truck and hacked him from inside a car. <laughs> so he was looking around, and then he just kind of so then he just kind of sees this guy who's parked, who hasn't moved after hearing numerous gunshots. So he saw that it was him. He took out his gun, and started firing some rounds at him. So the hacker needs to run away, and then it becomes kind of a chase sequence, meaning you need to kill this guy. If not, he hacks you, and then you win some like hacker points that you can use to like beef up your character. And then they showed it, and then they showed another mode, and then, and then you can you know vice versa, just invade someone else's game and do that. Then there's also like a head-to-head mode where a team of four versus another team of four are fighting over data. So you find you know some files on the internet or something, you put them on your PDA or your smartphone, and you have to keep together in order to get the information, you know, hack whatever database. You need to get this from zero to 100, there's people shooting at you, and they can stop this timer by just literally getting in your face and shooting you. So the idea is you have to get it and then get as far away as possible it was kind of like those uh those Grand Theft Auto online modes where it's like here's the here's the thing of drugs now you need to get the hell out of here. It's the same thing as yeah. like this is valuable data information and stuff. So what they did so you saw them like you know using the environment um, luring the other team into traps because they were like hey we have to get out of here. It's like well they're gonna chase us so you can run away we'll kind of do a little bottleneck here and they showed like here's some proximity mines and they can like set off some steam pipes and hack these cover things to drop on guys. So I mean. It looked fine. I mean, it wasn't. It, it they kind of made it seem like you don't have to do it. It's all the kind of just side stuff. And I do like how though it's kind of pretty seamless because um, it uh, the the hacking into people's games comes from it's in the single player mode. So you can just be doing a campaign mission, and it's like, oh hey, Tony, by the way, there's some asshole in your game who may try to hack you. Like I don't know if it's just like Dark Souls, where it's like I can invade your game, but I'm just gonna lurk around and just kind of creep you out a bit, but not quite engage you. So, I don't know. That looks yeah. okay. I mean, the more footage I see of Watch Dogs that isn't what I saw, like, two years ago is always a good thing. So, it's just more evidence that this is a real game now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing about that is it just got me thinking. Originally, I was going to talk about, you know, do some of these games need multiplayer, but I think it's kind of, like, where do you think multiplayer is going with games? I noticed, you know, with, with Watch Dogs, the way you described it, that got the Division uh, journey a couple of years ago. Like, they're trying to blend the single player with the multiplayer. Um, on the one hand, I think that's kind of cool because, you know, there's then a specific mode for it, and it's not just the usual kill as many of these people as possible. But on the other hand, it kind of kills the solitariness of the single player, which I personally kind of like, you know, just getting <coughs> out of the game and just you becoming one with it. Um, 
But yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how to feel context. about it. Uh, we don't know the context of these multiplayer modes or like this hacking stuff, so I wouldn't be able to make that call until I actually play it. You'll know when you play it where it's like, well, this multiplayer is bullshit. They literally just threw this on. But, you know, you take something like Dark yeah, Souls yeah. where it's like the multiplayer kind of makes sense and it's kind of ingenious the way they do it that way where it's like it's co-op but you can't communicate because the guy's a fucking ghost so you can't talk to ghosts but they'll help you out. And evil ghosts want to jump into your game. It's like, hey, it makes sense for the world that you're in and the multiplayer works. Um, I think the biggest concern for Watch Dogs is going to be, and you know, and we'll know very soon if it's if it's just a tacked on thing or this is just something you're like, ah, this is just so you don't trade in the game in 12 hours or yeah, man, or like man, we don't. There's not much content in this yeah. game. We need, to, we need to throw some more stuff in here. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll wait for it to come out to kind of make that verdict. I mean, it looks fine. It plays like a third person, you know. You know, the action's like a third-person shooter, I guess, with the covers. I'm like, that's kind of cool. And you have your phone, so it's like, hack that cover. I'm like, mm, great. Like, I'm not playing Watch Dogs for the gunplay. It's like, it's and, and like, like this isn't the reason why I play a Grand Theft Auto V either. It's not to, you know, yeah, you can make a big mess of everything, but I like just being a part of the big immersive world. So, you know, Watch Dogs is going to be about how lively is this world, how lively is Chicago, you know, does... Does any does all this make sense? Which is which is the more important question? Because when you're playing an open world game, the world is is a more important character than the actual main character in the story. So as long as if Chicago's yeah, super fun, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm digging this multiplayer because I love you know this city's really cool. It's it's why even with all the problems, some people are still like loyally devoted to Grand Theft Auto Online because they love Los Santos. And it's yeah. like you something is wrong with you. But I, I can understand that. If you, if you fall in love with a setting, you're like, yeah, I'm going to put up with a lot of bullshit just because it makes sense to me. I know this city. I know the shortcuts. I know this. I know that. So it could work. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, the video looked all right. It was one of those, like, very scripted, like, oh, man, I'm going to get you now. Oh, yeah, I just barely got away. Good job. I'm like, oh, like, I hate those developer walkthroughs that are super scripted. It's what you'll, you know, it's what you'll see when you will go to, like, a press event and, you know, the so-called hands-on. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what's behind this corner. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah, but like well, you know, like I, I didn't really know too much about the Watchdog multiplayer pretty much until you guys talked about it, uh, or at least what like, what what was in yep. it. But I mean, like the idea of it sounds really cool, and that's I think what I'm looking forward to more is that like like you said, Tony, kind of like these you know the way that developers are kind of trying to integrate single player and multiplayer together into one. Um, because if you had a situation kind of like uh, for Dead Space, for example, like when they added multiplayer in Dead Space Two, it was basically it was just attacked on which was you know, terrible, like, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was just attacked on deathmatch mode or even Tomb Raider. Like they they had just kind of like you know generic like you know deathmatch sorts of things, which are like you know they're clearly just tacked on for adding content. Versus something like The Division, Destiny, stuff like that, where they're trying new things with it, and you know even like you know even for example something like Journey, like Journey like included multiplayer and you didn't even know it really. Um, so I think if it was, you know, things like that that integrate it in really interesting ways and, like, you know, create a different kind of experience, then, you know, I, I'm all for it. Um, you know, or even something like, because in Grand Theft Auto V, I didn't play any GTA Online, but that, you could you could go to multiplayer right from single player, right? You could just yeah, jump in and, like, play you're, it. You're, you're, yeah. You have a three-character re wheel, and then on right. the bottom is your fourth online character, so you just scroll right. down. I mean, yeah, you're going through another loading screen. Right. Everything goes along, but it's like, oh, I can do it from. I don't have to exit and go to a menu or do this. Just bam. Yeah, you know? and I mean, what you guys said about Watch Dogs kind of reminds me of the same thing. It's like, you know, oh, so you know, even though you're in a single player mission, you can still kind of have these sort of multiplayer integrated, um, you know, components. 
And, you know, even though you're playing in this big open-world single-player game, it gives kind of a, an almost MMO kind of feel, even though, you know, realistically, you're just playing the game yeah, by yourself. True. So, yeah. Or um, I had another example, too. Oh, um, the Infamous games. Like, uh, Second Son, did they have, like, did, did they have, like, the, the user-generated levels um, and things like that, or user-generated no. missions? No, no, no. Okay, no, I think I'm thinking of Infamous 2, where they had that, where you could create... Infamous um, 2, they had that, yeah. Yeah, that's, I didn't know if they carried that over into Second Son or not, but in Infamous 2, you could have user-generated missions, so that way, like, players would create levels, and then while you're playing the game, you could go jump in and play these user-created missions uh, at pretty much any time. So I think just things like that, that kind of, like, blend the single-player and multiplayer, I'm definitely more interested in, rather than just, you know, like, generic deathmatch add-on mode kind of things. And, and and I think we already yeah. came to the, we already had the discussion of Watch Dogs being like a, a test bed where you know it's going to be the you know essentially what happened to Assassin's Creed One where it's like all right we're going to have some really cool ideas here some of them might not work but the ones that do we're really going to hammer them home right yeah but, and it was just the unfortunate problem of of Assassin's Creed One where it was like those same ideas that were rehashed for you know ten hours um, versus you know Assassin's Creed Two where they you know they they kind of flushed out into a more full game. So I mean even if Watch Dogs does end up like that, like you know I think the multiplayer from what you guys said sounds really cool. I mean even Assassin's Creed like Assassin's Creed they they managed to turn multiplayer into a pretty interesting component of the game even though you know I really like those Assassin's yeah it even had its own story and everything yeah Happened yeah. Uh, I said I really enjoyed those you didn't like them? multiplayer games. Yeah, I, those were good. Yeah, yeah. Those cat and mouse yeah. kind of things. It was, you know, yeah, it was essentially a deathmatch, but it was a different approach to deathmatch. Right. And like I said, yeah, you know, Ubisoft is always kind of known for, you know, give them credit. They will try something new with a game. The only problem yeah, is they will. They definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I, yeah, I like the whole yeah the cat and mouse thing. It's more slow because that's always been my problem with multiplayer. It's like you get in there, it's like run, 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 kill, kill, kill. It's like slow down, slow down. Let let, 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 me, let me breathe it in here. Let's see what's going on. So I kind of like that. You gotta th- think more. Um, there was a game I was playing recently that's kind of like that. It's like it was multiplayer, but it was a little bit more more deliberate. I like that, and I like that. I mean. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of blending it all together like Journey, but at the same time, I kind of don't want some jerk-off ruining the game I'm playing if I just want it to be single-player, so hopefully... That off. It's like, hey, do you want people to hack into your game? Be like, well, fuck no. Like, why are people bothering me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you turn that off, that's fine, Yeah, I don't care. I feel like we're all like, on a satellite delay. I feel like we're doing like an MSNBC-like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm being very kind of like careful with like I'm like let me wait for him to stop. Did he, did he finish? Did he finish? Okay, let me jump in now. It's it's really weird. <laughs> so sorry about that, people for, for who are listening. So yeah, you know I guess you know we'll see how multi. But it seems like all these companies are going in a specific direction when it comes to multiplayer, and it's just integrating the single player and multiplayer, which is no shit. It could be cool. We'll just have to see how how that goes. All right, let's talk. Let's talk some news. Here's the the funnest thing I posted this week. Game Boy, my beloved Game Boy, turns 25, which also makes me feel very old because I got a Game Boy when it was first released in 1989. <laughs> yeah, depressing that the Game Boy is slightly older than me, but you know, <laughs> Ryan's such a yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, baby, man. Yeah, I'm like, damn, that makes me feel old too. Shit. <laughs> like, damn, Ryan. <laughs> I was, I was, um, but yeah, 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 that, yeah, that was my. Out of all the Game Boys to come out, the one that always kind of stuck with me was the Game Boy Pocket. I wasn't a, as, even though the clamshell SP was really good, um, I think I kind of grew up. I think age-wise, I was kind of getting away from handheld, so 
that Game Boy Pocket hit me like I was in like I think it was like seventh or eighth grade in high school, and I was playing Pokemon Blue in like my English class. And I remember that vividly because whenever the teacher would walk around, I would just kind of slightly just put the Game Boy right in my shirt pocket. <laughs> Whatever. I wasn't trying to catch a Snorlax. I was here paying attention. Wait, what's a pronoun? I got this. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a funny story. That's actually how I lost my Game Boy. Um, I lent it to a friend of mine, and this idiot starts playing it in class. Teacher takes it away, and I go to the teacher. I'm like, hey, that was my Game Boy. Can I get it back? They're like, no, you got to get your parent in here. I tell my mom to get it for me. She's like, nope, it's tough shit. You shouldn't have brought your Game Boy to school. And that's yeah. how I lost my Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, some, some, some depressing memories with that. Yeah, I remember like my, my copy of Pokemon Red got stolen at school, and I got so upset. It was the worst thing. It was bad. We ended up going, ended up getting red and blue to replace it. So it was it was good times. But yeah, I mean, my Game Boy, I had really fun memories of it because I, like I had my own, and then I remember I had all the crazy attachments for my Game Boy. So I had like the magnifying glass with the light, oh like the God. ridiculous. <laughs> it made the yeah. Game Boy about like this big. It was like it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else have? Uh, they had. Well, I had like the, I had like the adventurer's backpack they had with. Yeah, some, I had batteries. There's a speaker. I had a crazy, I had a crazy carrying case, and then like around the time, I guess with the Game Boy Color when they came out with like the the print, or was was the was the printer was that was the original Game Boy, the uh, like the Nintendo printer you could print out like little photos and stickers and stuff. Like oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. The Game Boy Camera, yeah, that was it. Yeah, so I think that was like around the original Game Boy time around then. But I remember having those and like all the crazy. That's like probably the thing I miss most about Nintendo systems because now like no Nintendo system has those like. Crazy attachments and stuff you could only get with the original, like the old school Nintendo stuff. I want the robot, and it, you know, the way you came with that robot, I would buy it. Remember yeah, that? If I had, if I had a crazy, if I, if I had a crazy magnifying glass and a nightlight for my 3DS, would be the best thing ever. It'd be awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but I, I also, I, I just also remember it fondly because uh, my grandpa used to uh, really be into Game Boy, especially Tetris. He was like a Tetris genius. Like I'm pretty sure he's the only person that actually oh played Tetris. God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like so that's kind of also what I remember the most about it as well is like just kind of sharing time with my grandpa like doing that so that was, that was my all memory for that's that that's awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny when you bring up Tetris Tetris was the game that I played when because Tetris was one of the, first, the launch titles for it so that's what I got Yeah. and I played the hell out of that game and this kind of depressed me because I was 9, 10 years old when this came out right I love Tetris so much then I let my nephew who was 10 at the time play Tetris and he was like this is boring. I want to play Spider-Man. It's like, oh my god. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You kids don't appreciate. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that, that was a good one. That was actually like, yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, that's Tony's old man moment. He's like, back in my day. <laughs> yeah, so we appreciated Tetris, you fucking kids. How much money do you think <laughs> a Game Boy Pocket Printer Pikachu version Oh. Japanese. How much do you think that's going for on eBay right now? Uh, I don't even want to know, but I imagine a lot. I'm gonna go with three hundred dollars. I'm gonna wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna price is right, Tony, and I'm gonna go like yeah. three hundred one. Well, Tony would win. Ah. Uh, because it's actually ninety-eight seventy-seven for a Japanese. <laughs> well, hey, printer Pokemon Pikachu version. But <laughs> if we were gonna go with the Game Boy Advance SP Pokemon Center Limited Edition Pikachu Yellow Bundle, which comes with good. <laughs> oh, okay, it's the the game. Okay, uh, Yellow Game Boy SP with uh, Pokemon Yellow. 
all Japanese, a Pikachu Gotta Catch Em All carrying case, printer paper, which on its own is $8 a roll. <laughs> Fuck yourself. Wow. Uh, battery. This bad boy took six double A's. And, oh yeah, and the printer itself, I guess. That is going for a whopping $629.99. Like new, but with free expedited shipping. Uh, oh, that's nice, at least. Free, free shipping. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Bro, yeah, man, it, it's you funny. Could, you could buy two Wii U... You could buy two Wii U's for that price. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Shit. Yeah, it's funny, you know, going back to old man moments. Everyone, you know, when talk about the game, like, oh yeah, I played Pokemon. It's like Pokemon came out like maybe four years after I got my Game Boy stolen in 1995. It was like, yeah. wow, man, you know. But it shows you how long the Game Boy was around. Like the Game Boy lasted all the way up until the DS, didn't it? Uh, well, like, the Game it, Boy it was around for a long time. Well, like, uh, yeah, but well. I, I get yeah, you know, Game Boy Advance, and then yeah, I mean up until the DS, yeah. Yeah, then it like, evolved into a DS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because let's just be right. That's what the DS is. It's a, it's a Game Boy, just not a name, but it's a Game Boy. That's what right, 3DS yeah. is too. It's another. It's just another iteration of the Game Boy. Without the Game Boy, we wouldn't have had things like 3DS and the Vita. Um, that 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 was beyond Tiger Toys. I don't know if you guys remember Tiger Toys back in the day, but that's that was also like the first hand. I was like, oh my god, Tiger Toys! I got to play football, and it's like you and I hated football. Yeah, but then yeah. like Game Boy took it to a whole other level. It's like, wait, this is like a Nintendo just in green. This is pretty cool, you know. I remember yeah. playing stupid games too, like Godzilla. That was a terrible game. I used to play the hell out of it. No, but I think it's safe to say that Pokemon was the game that really got you know that got Game Boys in people's pockets you know that just like that was the reason to get a Game Boy was to play yeah even, for that generation even, at least, yeah even just oh, intended that, that's the cool thing about the Pokemon games there's like every every generation I know had their own Pokemon game like me sure yeah. it, like I was red and blue like yeah, in my like, game that's my jam some people yeah. are like nah now it's a Pokemon Yellow got my game what? Yeah. yeah, but with me, it's like Pokemon didn't come out until like maybe almost ten years after the first Game Boy came out, so it wasn't even part of my generation at all. Like Pokemon, was that? It was like, isn't that that cartoon? Like I didn't even know it was a video game until like the Game Boy. Really yeah. Came out. No, I mean like pretty much like um, out of my Game Boy stuff, Pokemon's what I remember the most vividly because you know I, I had it right around like elementary, like elementary school, pretty much. So you know that was a big part of my childhood. But um, yeah, I mean just because honestly, like you know, out of like all the portable systems I've owned, like my Nintendo ones have always been the ones I've, I've kind of cherished the most. Because um, I had I had a PSP briefly, but I never really enjoyed it that much. I didn't have a lot of good games on it. The only other portable that I the only, yeah, but also like the only because the only other portable I can ever remember really owning was a Sega Nomad, and that thing was a beast, so it was like... <laughs> I had a Game Gear. It took like 12 double A's. Like, yeah, my, my Nomad took... like half hour of Game <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. My Sega Nomad took like 8 double A's, and it lasted probably about 25 minutes until yeah. I <laughs> so, like, But yeah, I just, you know, with, with my Game Boy, like especially my, you know, the original Game Boy, I, I remember having a lot of good times with it, especially with Pokemon. I mean, that was just like the game that I played probably the most out of any that's awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah, Game Boy. I guess we'll talk about this again during the 30th anniversary. And happy, 25, happy 25 years, Game Boy. You can go rent a car now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next thing on the rundown here. Um, so Xbox One is being released in Japan. I, some people, including myself, was like, "It's not even going to come out in Japan." I mean, really? Who do they really <laughs> care? Considering how great Xbox does in Japan. Um, so it's coming out. Uh, did, I know September. Did you give a Release uh, September fourth. So there you go, Japan. You get an Xbox One. I hope you buy it. 
sure. And they got 50 Japanese studios to come on to say they're like, yeah, we're gonna make something for it. Yeah, yeah. Something. It's a little. It's a little. It's titles. Or we're gonna. Do so I guess we'll do something with it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Is that what yeah, you want to hear? Uh, Fine. Where's the check? <laughs> yeah. The, the press release said 50 Japanese studios, but actually most of them are international or like you know like Western-based studios. But it's just like they're Japanese branches that'll be developing games because they mentioned a lot of um, the launch titles are gonna be like the same ones that we got here. Uh, like Dead Rising 3 and Rise, Son of Rome, and things like that. Um, they also mentioned, like, Sunset Overdrive and the new Halo title whenever those are coming out. So, yeah, those two. Yep. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully it'll do better than the other Xboxes. But yeah, Japan yeah. has that thing about Western consoles. They, you know. Just kind of sit there and concede it. Yeah, I, I guess I could agree with that. But, yeah, Japanese just are notorious about that stuff. Like, if it isn't Japanese, they don't want to fuck with it. That's, That's not just how they are. That's, That's not necessarily true. I think the Xbox's problem in Japan. For, is, the, for the, yeah. I think the pro, I think the Xbox's problem in Japan is that it's just you know it's too fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. It can't fit in a Japanese apartment. <laughs> and a connect, like literally, the connect is useless in most Japanese apartments. So they're so I'm. It's gonna be interesting to see if they'll have a connectless SKU for Japan. Hmm. Or, or some sort of... I didn't think about that. You're right about that. Or yeah. some sort of smaller, condensed Kinect version, because those voice commands are really good, but if, you know, if that's all you can use it for, it's just kind of a waste of a sensor. So, you know, maybe they'll, do, maybe they'll have a smaller sensor, or maybe you can opt in and out of it. Because to me, I, I use the voice commands on my Xbox all the damn time, and to me, it's super convenient. So I'm imagining not having it. Like, you know, I was playing, I was playing PS3, and I was just like, oh, wait, I have to get up and like, turn the damn thing on... Get the controller, find the thing. It's just like you know. Before, if I just want to play Titanfall, I go Xbox, play Titanfall, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. And I mean, I wish, I wish it acknowledged me. That'd be amazing if it just. Ah, no, I probably. I wish my PS4 loved me. <laughs> That's when I wish it acknowledged me. That yeah, were you talking to it like PS3 on? Oh wait, it doesn't listen. Well, I thought about it. Thankfully, <laughs> I didn't actually do it, but I was just like, I was just kind of sitting here, and I was like, oh, I should probably play this game. And I'm like, oh wait, how the fuck do I turn this shit on? <laughs> So yeah, to go. That's hilarious. You hit the button, you switch the AV channel, and find my game. So lazy. I'm just so lazy. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, this got me excited. Dragon Age Inquisition got a trailer and official release date, and I made a mess of myself when <laughs> when I saw that man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so hyped for this game, man. And the thing is, I'm also cautious given how Dragon Age 2 came out, even though I like Dragon Age 2. But, you know, they, they've been working on this for a few years now. It's not like Dragon Age 2 where they just dumped it out less than a year and a half later. Um, and it's looking great. It's like, wow. And I and I need to say this. This is going to be totally nerdy. I love the fact that Bioware understands what a dragon is Four limbs and wings. It's not if it has two. If it has wings and it's just legs, it's a wyvern. It's a wyvern. No, sorry. That's it. There's, they, they have different names for different reasons. People. Oh, we're gonna have a mythical creature argument. <laughs> no, we're not having it. I'm laying it down. A wyvern has two wings and two legs. Dragon has four limbs and two wings. Bam. And call them whatever the fuck you want. No, no. <laughs> if they're fake, then why call? Just call everything dragon. Then come on. <laughs> anyway, um, but um, George, I know you really like looking at this thing. You were like, "Oh wow, this is pretty, man." Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing that, uh, you know, that YouTube footage of they did like a, the, you know, they showed like a thirty-minute walkthrough yeah. a while back, and I was like, "Damn!" Like, it's it's one of the one of the only times where we're like, "Okay, so this is kind of what next gen is going to look like," <laughs> as far as like a like a hardcore Western RPG, open world RPG. Like, yeah, we've seen open world games. Yeah, it's you know, it's great. It looks pretty. 
But I'm talking about just the seamless nature. I was like, oh yeah, that mountain over there, that's an area you can just you, if you if you if you survive, you can get there. No big deal. I was like, all right, that's really cool. And just seeing that in motion and like seeing how all the cutscenes are all in in-game engine, which I yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to point out. It's like wow, that it's a really fucking pretty game. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to look for the current gen, because this is technically not a real next-gen game because it's still on the other consoles, so That's I wonder cool. if there's going to be any concessions made, you know? I think it'll just, it'll just look like ass. <laughs> it'll look like ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... That's one way of seeing it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's what with Assassin's Creed. That's that's what happened with, like, Titanfall. It, you know, it plays fine. It just You can look at it and be like, oh, like, that... That doesn't look that great. Like, like it's a sixty game, but like after playing the Xbox One version, you're like, oh, so this is what low res textures look like. Oh, I remember these. <laughs> um, see, so yeah, I guess you're right about that. But yeah, it's like I, I don't know how they're gonna be able to fit all that shit in there. It's like they have like they have a lot more um space now. Like you get to it's Ferelden's in there or Lay, all these like places that you know they talked about in the other games, but now you actually get to go there. I don't know, this sounds like a, a nine-disc job for uh, if you're doing, like, a, a Man, yeah, right? Or, like, just, a, like, a massive just install. Like, I can just see a bunch of it, because yeah. clearly this game's going to be well over, like, 50 gigs. Oh, yeah, yeah. easily, easily. <laughs> Insert disc 16. <laughs> we'll wait for you. yeah. Here's a picture of a dragon while we wait for you to put the disc in. Um, <laughs> um, one thing, um, like, a couple months ago, not a couple months, a couple weeks ago, I had... Um, an episode of the Shotcast called Game Again in 2014 Part 1. I did that deliberately because we're probably going to have a Part 2 because Alien um, Insurrection... Is it Alien? No. I, isolation. It comes out the isolation. same day. It's like, oh my god. Game industry, what, what are you doing to me? You know, and especially as a journalist, it's like, do I have to review both of these at the same time? I don't know. I mean, you know, next month's going to be pretty packed, so... Oh yeah, we have to. We're gonna have three of these game again in like you know podcasts by the time this year is over. And then like in like you know, September it'll be like game again in part six. Or yeah, whatever, exactly. Whatever. But yeah, I, th- this is the game I'm most looking forward to. I know we gotta watch logs, but Dragon Age Inquisition is the yeah. game, especially now that The Witcher isn't coming out this year. Dragon Age, man, that's the game to look out for. Ooh, and when I, when I, when, and what I also really liked is like I love because uh, your main character, the Inquisitor. Because they show that default guy with the stupid default helmet, and I'm like, you know what? My guy's gonna look so stupid. It's gonna be amazing watching these serious cutscenes with a guy like not wearing a shirt or having like purple <laughs> pants. And I was like, I'm gonna go with just like the stupid beret thing I bought for like three gold. That's like, I do that purposely just for certain cutscenes. I know it's gonna be a really heavy cutscene. I'm like, I, I'm gonna put him in like a mask. <laughs> Some other just junky item that just makes him look ridiculous. So I was thinking about that because. Remember, you can customize these guys. You do male, female, you do the class, and you mess with his outward appearance, yeah. which is amazing. So I, I'm looking forward for that kind of, like, stupidity. But yeah, and you know me, George. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick the stock character and just stick with that. <laughs> yeah. Lame. Like, that, I don't want to customize it's, it's what I had to do for Mass Effect, because all the other characters looked like ass when I redid the custom characters. So It's fine. I love it. Yeah, yeah, like, just stick with... <laughs> yeah. Just stick with Box Shepard. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. See what they should do yeah, actually, if they uh, you know, and I, and I want to see this on like Xbox One specific things is <clears throat> make use of that camera. Let's see, let's see what kind of you know, let's let's mess with character creators a little bit more. Like we saw with Connect Sports Rivals, <laughs> I could easily see something like that in a more like maybe a stylized RPG. Maybe when like when Fortnite comes out, wouldn't that be cool? If your goofy looking character was based loosely on what you look like, that. 
to me, that would be amazing if I wanted to play an RPG and just, all right, scan my face this way, that way. Remember, uh, FIFA had a really fun one for the World Cup where you had to take, they it made you take pictures of yourself. So you do front, profile, and then and another weird angle, and you submitted them to this thing online that generated your face in 3D, which you can then import into your game. I mean, it was like this crazy convoluted process, but when you were done, you're like, oh, that, that guy kind of looks like me. His mouth won't move, but it kind of looks like me. Yeah, that would be cool, because a lot of people try to replicate themselves in these games, so why not give you the ability to actually scan your face in there? That would be awesome. I, a lot of people would like that. I wouldn't do it, but a lot of people would like that, yeah. Like, you know, just do it for, like, the next Skyrim or Fallout or something. Like, that, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, put throw that in there. It's next gen. Come on, let's do it. Game <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I, I always play as Argonians in Elder Scrolls games, so I don't know if I'd want to put my face on that. Like, <laughs> that, might, uh, that might not come out so good, but... <laughs> That's awesome. All right, uh, the next thing, we're just going to talk about this quickly. Uh, so, surprise, surprise, there's going to be another Call of Duty game this year. Right? Like, <gasps> oh, wow. My God. Oh, my God. Uh, and they had a teaser image of a dude's sweaty face. It's not even a full face. It's like... Next gen is about sweat, motherfucker. <laughs> sweat and beards. <laughs> Um, so um, this game promises to have shooting in it. I can say that safely. It will have shooting in it. <laughs> um, I wonder if they're going to make it, like, I know they're not going to do this, but it would be cool if they just made it only for current gen. They're not going to do that, but it would be kind of cool. I wonder if, you know, are they going to have an animal in this too? Like, we had a dog in the last one. Are they going to have, like, a badass eagle or something in this one? Yeah. America! The news came out that it's going to be next-gen first, so they're going to prioritize, you know, uh, releasing it on Xbox One, PS4, and, and PC. Uh, and then I would assume probably shortly after they would do, like, you know, last-gen releases, but... Yeah. Um, Maybe they'll do that same approach yeah. for Dragon Age, where it's like, clearly they're they're building this for next-gen, and right. they'll ship it out to a studio and be like, all right, make this work on PS3 and Xbox One. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, like, Titanfall. Like, just get it to work, guys. You don't care what you have to do. If you eliminate textures and shadows. And, and you know what? We don't need all these animations, all right? <laughs> 540p? Fine, just do it. it just yeah. do it. Uh, you, and we'll give you as many discs as you need. Just get it done. Yeah, guys. just get it Just get it out there. This don't cost a thing. Just do it. Just <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, Call of Duty. What more can you say about that? Um, okay, this next thing's just a rumor at this point, but um, it's one of those rumors, just like um, you know, The Last of Us coming on PS4. How that was a rumor. It's one of these kind of rumors. It's probably gonna happen. The Walking Dead on next gen. Good. Yeah. yeah, good. It's like I said earlier before the show started. This thing is gonna be on everything, like toasters. It's gonna be on fucking. It's gonna be on my microphone at one point. So yeah, it's it, if it takes cloud it's, saves yeah. and you know whatever, I'll I'll be happy because I'm not replaying. That's been my biggest issue since I got uh you know I'm I'm I want to start Walking Dead on the PC because it's got the less problems than on the consoles. Yeah. When I realized I can't play season two unless I play through season one again, I'm like yeah, that was the exact same. Yeah, that was the exact same issue I had. My only remedy was I just I just replayed the first season and did that. So. But yeah, if I can do that and just pass it on to uh, you know the PS4, or Xbox One, that that'd be perfect. Cause that would be that would be cool. Yeah. All these indie games should be on those systems anyway. I don't want to hear or like these these smaller titles. I'm not, I don't want to hear any bullshit. Just put it on that damn system. Yep. Yeah, it would be cool if that retro. You know, hit the button that says for Xbox or Xbox, and you put Xbox One, and you hit Make Game, and that's it, right? Make Game. That's how simple it is, right? <laughs> that's game development, people. Make Game now. Um, I, for me, it would be cool if, like, I, if you had that option like that, and all of a sudden, here's your platinum trophy. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, 
just to get out of it. But um, I mean, how much? Maybe I, I just hope graphically it's gonna probably not look too different. I just want it to be stable because Walking Dead was hard to get through, man. Like it would just stop at some point. I'm like, what's going on here? I want to shake my console. Like, what are you doing? Work. Or, or sometimes it would give away when something was gonna happen because it yes. was just a bit. So it's like, oh, things are quiet, and I'm just gonna and you're like, oh shit, I should be ready. Like mm -hmm. in a yeah. way, I was using that as my cue as for like, oh, I should a button prompt's gonna come up soon. Yeah, I did the same thing, man. Go ahead, Brian. Some of that in uh, in Wolf Among Us, but not as bad as it was in Walking Dead. So you can you can kind of see that they're gradually getting better. They are, yeah. yeah. It's it's just one of those like unfortunate things. Kind of like with uh, Obsidian, like how we know that their games are really buggy, or like Bethesda. It's kind of like Telltale. Yeah. Like, you know that they like the games do have some technical mm -hmm. issues, but it's just you know kind of how they are. So. Yeah, and people seem to forgive them because the games are really good. You know. This is how, just how it is, but yeah. yeah, I'm down with that. I'll, I'll rebuy it, you know, as many times as possible because I really like the game. Um, I guess if that comes out, then they're gonna have episode two. I mean, season two eventually. Oh right? yeah, yeah, they would have to. Yeah, they would have to. Yep. Probably. Yeah, because um, season. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say yeah. Probably, probably not until like maybe after they're they're out now on uh, on you know on uh, the current consoles. Like probably after the, all the episodes are out, they'll they'll do them then. Yeah, because you notice what they're doing with the Vita. For season one, the you know the episode one for Vita came out way, way later. But now for season two, they're coming out like they're bringing out the first two, and then they're going to come out concurrently with the console. So that's pretty yeah. good. So maybe with you know season three, it'll be all at the same time if they come out with a season three. We shall see. Yep. Um. And the last thing, the last thing here, um, there was a Bioshock Infinite reference in My Little Pony. That's interesting. Oh, so was it the Lutesses were in the background or something? Uh, yeah, it was in this uh, this past weekend's episode that they had uh, a little nod to uh, the Lute the they had like uh, ponyfied versions of Lutes twins from uh, from Bioshock Infinite were in the episode just as a little like cameo. And uh, I guess Ken Levine was in it uh, was in on it because he uh, he tweeted a picture of the uh, of the, the the cameo as well out to Twitter. So. Oh, nice. Uh, did they say anything? Uh, no, they're just in the background. Nope, that's it. But if you happen to be a Bioshock Infinite oh, fan, yeah. and you happen to be a My Little Pony fan, you can catch a really good cool cameo. So. I know, yeah. <laughs> yep. It, it's, yeah, it sounds like, like Akuma's uh, you know, appearance in Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. He's just in the background giving food to children. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so that's pretty much the show. So let's talk about what we've been playing this week. Brian, mm -hmm. what have you been playing? Um, so only played two things this weekend. I played, oh, I played, actually, speaking of Bioshock Infinite, I played through the second episode of the DLC, the uh, Burial T uh, DLC. Ooh, uh, so I nice. finished both episodes of that. And uh, episode two was really good. I liked it, I think, a lot more than I did episode one. Uh, it's still, like, without, without spoiling anything, like, it does, like, it does tie into the story pretty heavily, and I think it kind of confuses things more than it clears things up, you know, from the ending of Bioshock Infinite. Um, but it was still really cool, and I really enjoyed it. And they add, uh, it's actually really heavy on stealth, uh, which is really interesting for Bioshock, because, you know, normally I didn't really play it that yeah, way like in the previous games. Um, so this one, like, pretty much focuses all on stealth, and it was a cool, cool, unique thing. Um, other than that, I've been playing Kirby Triple Deluxe on 3DS for review, and I am really enjoying that game a lot. Um, especially just because, like, it's, it's since Zelda came out, like, I haven't really been playing my 3DS that much, uh, other than Yoshi's New Island um, a couple months ago. But uh, and especially, I haven't played a Kirby game in a really long time. Um, so to play this and have it be such an awesome game is a nice surprise. So I'm looking, for, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. So my review will probably go up next week for that. 
Nice, nice. George, what about you? What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft on my iPad. Yeah. <laughs> the game is like fucking crack. <laughs> I don't like it. And I don't like collectible card games. Because especially, you know, on hmm. you know, video game versions of it, because it's real. There's no <laughs> And, and, I'm, and I've been this close at least half a dozen times. I'm like, you know, I should just spend five bucks and buy a new deck. Like, I can do better. And then that's when you know you've got a <laughs> free-to-play game. Where that's like, when you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, when, when you're just kind of debating where it's like, well, you know, I can just stick to what I'm doing and I'll unlock some pretty good cards. Or I can just fucking skip that and get good cards now and start winning and increase my rank and be a baller. So I, I, that, that's, my, <laughs> that's my issue. Um Stupid fun game. It's also free, so if you have an iPad, get it. It's free on the PC also, but just iPad is such a right fit for that type of game. Where yeah. I, you know I'm playing it for a couple of minutes before I go to bed. Uh, if I get up super early, and I'm just like, I can do one run. Let me let me let me let me let me pwn some fools. Because you can you can go against other people. You know we can invite each other and we can, we can go at it with cards and stuff. But it's really good. The music is really they they must have some just like some psychologist on staff that just knows what you need to do to keep someone playing your game for a super long time and have <laughs> Even the music, I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna uh, play some fucking cards. I'm gonna kick some ass. <laughs> My warlock is on point. God damn it! Like, but yeah, really good. Like you know, Blizzard knows what they're doing. It's a great character. It's just a great game. It's a great free game. Yeah. Um, also, I'm playing a lot of MLB just because uh, you know I need to know Cobra Jimenez. He he's a phenom at only 18 <laughs> starting shortstop <laughs> Red Sox. I'm just saying he's he's kind of a big deal. And the and the cool thing, and I mentioned that in my review, is for the first time ever, you're gonna you're gonna be able to take the save, and when next year's version come out, you can just transfer him right over, which you can which you can never do nice. in any of the previous versions. And there've been a ton of these games, and you just always had to start from scratch. Which drove me insane. So yeah, if you're playing it, yeah, your your cloud save is there and it'll work on next year's version. And I was like, good fucking night. So good on that. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I'm really covering for now. Just super busy, but yeah. Uh, so next, yeah. So next year you don't you're not gonna make Serpentor Jimenez, right? <laughs> I, I might have him as a catcher or center fielder. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Hearthstone, it's Hearthstone, because right? I always pronounce it as Hearthstone. I say Hearthstone. Um, that's, that's, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I say Hearthstone. I, I, I don't know. It's it's, yeah. it's it's a gif gif argument. I don't know. Hearth, Hearth, I don't care. Like, I think you can go yeah. either way. It's fine. <laughs> and, you know, and beating this, you know, joke to the ground, that's playable on the brown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for myself, I've been playing uh, Mercenary Kings, which is a really fun, like, game is awesome. you know, like old school it's great, man. It's like, yeah, I, I need this in my life. I miss these kind of games like fucking Metal Slug. It's great. Um, and the more you play it, like, the crazier it gets. And tomorrow, which will probably be today for you. Actually, today, this, you know, I'm going to the future. Um, my review for Strike Suit Zero will be up. That's a really good game. Like, I've actually, after I finished playing it and reviewed it, I was like, I still want to play this game. This game is pretty fun. I want to unlock all the stuff for my robot. The you know the, that initial tutorial is kind of like and there's so much it's a little jarring at first <laughs> kind of once you get the hang of things it's super fun yeah um in this game I don't know if they had these in the PC version but you could play old like historical missions if they have those like you have to choose like a specific ship and go through all these battles uh, and um I have to check have anything like that in the original one 
Okay, but anyway, what's happening with me is like you have to go in there, you have to use a specific ship, and in some missions, historically speaking, your characters lose. But the thing is, this is me playing it after I've beaten the game, so I know all the tricks, so I'm beating everything, and the computer's like, I may have to redo this simulation. You're not supposed to win this. <laughs> like, I keep beating everything. It's awesome. It's really fun. Like, the game is... It's a little bit clunky, um, you know, it takes some getting used to, but I love just being inside of a spaceship that turns into a robot. It's like my, my childhood dreams just come true. It's Macross. I'm like, yes, this is fucking awesome. I, I want to hear the Macross theme just playing throughout this entire game as I play it. It's so <laughs> I fun. Put, like, fun. I just want to um, put a big Skull Squadron emblem on it and just, that would work for me. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I, you know, like I said in, in my review, I hope they make more of these, and I kind of hope... The only thing that kind of bothered me about the game was um, the design of the ships. It felt very bland to me. It was like, I've seen this in other games before, so I hope they kind of redo some of the stuff, but other than that, I agree. I would like to have one of those Rex suits as a toy, you know, so I could transform it and stuff. That would be so awesome. I also want the Macross ones, too, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> and what else? I think that's all. Yeah, that's all I've been playing, just those two games. Um, and, and I did play Octodad, um, which I don't think I'm going to go back to it. I, I like the game for what it is, but it's just more frustrating <laughs> than anything. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I love it. Two hours to be pretty... I just, I don't know. And for whatever yeah, reason, like, that, that whole concept of, like, he's just trying really hard to fit in, and he just, like, you just there, and he goes, I hope no one sees through this disguise <laughs> as I knock everything like, off. Dude, you're clearly an octopus. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't be knock everything off. Right off. It's hilarious. So yeah, on that level, I absolutely love it. It's just like, how do you come up with something like that? Like, it's crazy. That's the um, beauty. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. Because that's great. I, yeah, it's cool. I, I, I get yeah. in a boardroom, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you're an octopus, but you're in a suit, and you're just trying to be, you know, a regular guy. And you know, you know, the next thing out of that person's mouth, get the fuck out of my office, you maniac. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is gonna be an indie game now. <laughs> Oh, man, it's great. All right, guys, so thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Later. Later.